0: Welcome, everyone, to our featured podcast on thought leadership with Dr. Ray McKinley. Dr. McKinley is an expert on leadership and character development. Let's join the conversation now.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Ray McKinley. Welcome to our Ride the Elephant Today podcast. Glad you joined us. This morning, Brian and I are gonna talk about a follow-up to some of the discussions we've had previously as we look at why we do what we do and what causes us to do what we do and what are the motivations and inspirations behind our action. And one of those things that really drive us into our decision-making is our desire for achievement. And one of the things that we talk about as we look to achievement, We oftentimes look at achievement as it is programmed to us by society. Society has a definition of achievement. We oftentimes see achievement be a reflection of our grades, our job title, our salutations. It's our address, the zip code we live in. It's the car we drive. It's the amount of money we make those are all important but what happens is if we're driven by achievement only there can be a cost to that and that's kind of what i want to talk about today so when we look at achievement versus character we talked last time about the actions rooted in good character produce the best outcome even when you can't see how And that's when we look to see that our character is the most important thing. Eleanor Roosevelt, wife of President Franklin D. Roosevelt, said, only a man's character is the real criterion of worth. Hmm. So what do you think of that, Brian? Do you agree with Eleanor Roosevelt's comment?
0: I think so in the ultimate sense that character is far more valuable than the other things that someone might think of as valuable. And sometimes when you hear the word value, you think of something that will grow in its worth, maybe like a special car or an antique that appreciates, or real estate that appreciates, or an investment. And then you also hear the value in more abstract terms like that person brings value. Their contribution is worth a lot. And that starts to get into the realm of attitude and character. And that's a different kind of value. It doesn't always have a price tag and it's not always a material thing. So... This is about that point in the conversation where I'm always re-recognizing or reaffirming the sequence and connection between these other concepts that we've talked about, like praise and affirmation and motivation and inspiration, and then achievement and character. The value of an achievement is material, The value of character is beyond material. And the title of your book is Ride the Elephant, The Journey to True Success. So what does that mean, that true success part, related to achievement versus character?
1: Well, I think when we think of achievement, we oftentimes think of the accolades that we hear from others. We think of the trophies. We think of the placards on our wall, our degrees, the college we went to, and those things are typically what we think about when we think of achievement. However, history has shown, and many of us listening know many, many people who have had all those things and felt very empty in their life and not very fulfilled. Fulfillment is different achievement. Fulfillment and gratification is indicative of true success, as I talk about in the book, Ride the Elephant. It is true success, which is the feeling you have inside that you've accomplished something that you've set out to accomplish. You fulfilled something that was beneficial to you and to others. Most people experience personal fulfillment and gratification when they fulfill their own ambitions, they fulfill what they would like to see accomplished in their life. And they make a difference for other people. Another way of saying it, you know, Maslow talked about uh, the highest level of need was self actualization. Self actualization is true success and self actualization is reaching our highest potential, not our highest potential from the standpoint of monetary things, physical things but in an emotional well-being, in a spiritual development, in making a difference for other people. When we truly can raise other people up, that's true success. When we have a philosophy that when we rise, all rise with us. And that means all members of our connective circle, our family, our employees, our friendships, that we all rise, we all benefit from the feeling of being personally fulfilled. So what I would what say, true success is serving a cause greater than self. It is making a difference for others. And there's more joy and fulfillment than that. It's kind of interesting. Maslow, when he first wrote about self-actualization, he started to discover that there was even a higher level of fulfillment, a higher level of joy. He didn't have it on the top tier of his pyramid. And he started to write about self-transcendence, which he started to see as a higher level of self-actualization. And he started to discover that when he started to interview people in the spiritual realm, priests and religious leaders, the Mother Teresa's, and those people who really, really made a difference for other people in a spiritual way. He started to see that there was a self-transcendence that occurred. The sad thing about that whole concept that Maslow was talking about, Maslow died at a very young age of a heart attack, and he was in the middle of putting those thoughts together and never really fully finished his thesis about that concept, although many of his students who were working under him at the time did understand where he was going with this whole concept and have now subsequently built off his pyramid of hierarchy of needs and adding transcendence at the very top. So clearly Maslow saw this need to do something more than oneself, a need to do something more than just material things, a need to do something that made you feel good on the inside. And it came out of your authenticity and your desire to make a difference. And make a contribution to others in the world. And I think that's the difference between success as society that defines it and true success as we're starting to look at and reflect on here in this conversation today. So how would you see true success playing out and how it would be different than success in society's
0: definition? Well, this goes to the conversation about personal responsibility and this goes to the conversation about authenticity and to live a life of character is to choose to go through a process so you can abide by some moral code and i mean To abide by a moral code kind of behooves any person of character. Character qualities like deference and compassion, these are things that seem to be ubiquitous elements of moral codes the world over. So to commit to those for reasons that you have considered on your own, it's completely up to you and no one can make you do it in my opinion, doesn't even need to be a spiritual or religious component to it. You get to decide, am I going to be a good person who makes other people feel good, helps other people with their problems, provides for my family, lifts other people up, inspires other people to grow in their character? Am I going to be a good person or am I going to be something else? And it really is entirely up to the individual. And when you take those steps for your own critically thought reasons, then you're becoming an authentic person of character. And that has a value in the realm of being, it's in the realm of your personhood. And it's completely different, but not incompatible. So, in other words, true success is not incompatible with success. One can be successful. And drive a Cadillac and have two homes and have a wonderful material life. But a person who has found true success can also experience character and the results of being a person of character. And you're going to have different relationships. You're going to have a different legacy. And the value of your character will always supersede the value of everything else.
1: You know, you talk about your life and what you're creating in your life, and James Allen, the famous quote, many of us may have heard of already. He says, the law of harvest is to reap more than you sow. Sow an act, and you reap a habit. Sow a habit, and you reap character. Sow and character, and you reap a destiny. It's clear that great thinkers and philosophers of the past have been struggling with getting the message out about how important character is over achievement. And Stephen Covey talked about it as well, when he said, just as we develop our physical muscle through overcoming opposition, such as lifting weights, we develop our character muscles by overcoming challenges and adversity. And we've talked before about inspiration versus motivation, Brian. To be inspired is to be a person of character. And Plautus, the Roman playwright from over 2,000 years ago, wrote, I would rather be adorned by the beauty of character than jewels. Jewels are the gift of fortune, while character comes from within. So again, we hear how important it is that we actually go through the process of developing our character. And it is an inside job. When I first started to reflect on ways to improve my character, I found a resource that was very valuable to me. And I want to share it with you. It was Character First, which is a company out of Oklahoma, developed these educational tools, and they developed 50 character qualities that we could learn to develop if we just put our mind to it. those who are interested, then go to charactertraining.com. And you can reflect on words like deference. And some people say, well, what's deference? Well, you go to this website and you can actually learn what this is and some of the action steps you can take to show more deference. It's limiting my freedom so I do not offend those around me. Wow, we don't see a lot of that happening today. It seems like we're more into offending. That seems to be the cultural norm. I see very little deference in our society today. And there was a time when I had very little deference. But when I started to see this word appear, I said, you know, maybe I could be more deferent and I could start limiting my freedom so I don't offend the taste of those around me. So I made an I will statement and I made a personal intention. And over time, that occurred. You know, I'm just going to give you some examples and this might spur the listener to go to the character first glossary of terms and figure a way to incorporate these in our life. Another one was discernment. Discernment is the understanding of the deeper reasons why things happen. You know, Brian, we've been talking about the importance of critical thinking and how critical thinking is not being taught today. We just take everything hook, line, and sinker, and we don't really give deeper thought to it. Is that just normal or can we live that way and just not give deeper thought to things? Yeah, and I think most people do. But when you see the word discernment, you say, hmm, understanding the deeper reasons why things happen. Wow. This is basically what we talked about last week when Stephen Jobs said, don't live with everyone else's dogma. Mm -hmm. And here's another example of when we start putting a purposeful intention on a character word and making a commitment to be that person, we then can become something other than we're experiencing right now in our life. And the list goes on and on. Discretion. I love this word. That isn't something that we hear a lot of. It isn't something maybe we're taught as young people. And I think it would be something worthy of teaching our young people and maybe taking on ourselves. And discretion, as defined by character first, is recognizing and avoiding words, actions, and attitudes that could bring undesirable consequences. Wow. Wow. You know, I think if we just took those three words we just talked about and applied them to our society today, we'd be a lot better off for it. What do you think about those three words, just as an example of how significant that could be in our life, in our relationships, and in the social discourse of today?
0: Well, I think that everybody would get along a lot better. When I think of deference, I always think of my grandma. Because she, through her grace and excellence, she commanded deference from all of her grandchildren, especially. And you hear the phrase, I worship the ground that she walked on. And that was kind of what it was like being around grandma. There wasn't even a thought to be indifferent. You always showed discretion and deference when you were in her presence. I don't envy people who lack that person in their life. I feel bad for someone who's never had the opportunity to really love and respect someone to the degree that they show them deference and they act with discretion when they're around them. And it's interesting how these words, they seem tragically novel all of a sudden when you're having a colloquial conversation. Like this is the forgotten code Yes, it is. It's just character words being defined. And I agree with you, the words in the D block are great. You've got determination, diligence, discretion, deference, decisiveness, dependability, and dependability, boy, that's one that they don't often use to describe my generation anyway. No. But then beyond that, you have faith, which we talked about before. Actions rooted in good character will yield the best outcome, even when I can't see how. Also, I know on the list is sincerity, honor, justice, responsibility, curiosity, creativity. There's like 50 of them. And that's just that character first has defined. It's there for you. There's a menu of character qualities to pick from and practice. And you could say... This month, I'm going to make it deference month, and I'm going to go out of my way to limit my own freedoms for this person that I work with, this person that I'm married to, and this person who I'm trying to raise. Just try it out and see what happens.
1: Yeah, just wear it. Put it on, use it, apply it, and you'll just be amazed by what
0: happens. You don't have to go back to church. This isn't a religion that you convert to. You just pick a word and try that on.
1: You know, I felt so strongly (laughs) about this, Brian, that I looked at so many of these words, and culturally, they were not existing in my place of business as much as I wanted them to be. So what I did is they actually made posters that caused me to remind myself of many of them. (laughs) One right behind me I'm looking at right now is Determination and determination it says on the poster proposing to accomplish right goals at the right time regardless of the opposition and then it gives five ways of applying that and it talks about setting goals get moving deal with distractions face challenges head-on and change your tactics when necessary so to me I found that when I put these posters up in my office, and I have two or three in every room, and I have most of the 50 up, we really started to see people incorporate them in their life. It was very interesting. Not only were our staff being more generous and being more grateful, showing more honor, we also found that the patients loved seeing the words on the wall. They loved it being that in their relationship with us. I've seen over the 20 years now, since I put those posters up, this great transition occurred in my culture, in my office. And I would say that our overall character as an organization has elevated dramatically just by taking on 50 words and applying them to our everyday life. I mean, it's amazing to me. Because what I found happening before is out of sight, out of mind. If you didn't think about it, you didn't do anything about it. Yeah, granted, a lot of these you can get from Sunday school and in the religious sector. Many of these things are biblical, you know, and many of these things are just practical. And many would say, well, the Bible is practical and it's practical application of concepts and theories and things that have worked over thousands of years. And they can work in your life today, too. They certainly have worked in my life. This was also the impetus for me teaching for 15 years in the school. We taught a class called Business Character Values. And the tenant at the core of teaching these concepts of character to young people was this vocabulary glossary of terms. It was very much a part of our discussion day in and day out. So, yes, it's like a muscle, Brian, that needs to be developed. And it doesn't happen just willy-nilly. In fact, you have to put some attention to it.
0: Yeah, I heard you say a couple episodes ago something to the effect of, this is like a song that's written on your heart. And I know that that comes from Scripture, that the law is written on your heart. And I feel like these things are already there in you. And you have an innate sense that this is right, and your inner knowing wants to do these things. Your inner knower wants to be determined. Your being wants to show hospitality to others. It starves for these things. The tragedy is, is we've got heads full of doubt, and we've got heads full of selfishness that I can do whatever I want. I mean, that is the mantra of the modern age. And that has started to Shout down what is in your heart. So, put those words, write them on the door of your house, write them on your walls, and remind yourself of them so that they re-enter you and you can start living out that song that is already there. You just need the reminder and the words that contain that meaning to be reminded of those words will help you re-engage your conscious ability to act out those behaviors. Absolutely.
1: You know, speaking of acting out behavior in a way of good character, I ran across this quote as I was preparing for this today, and it isn't a quote that I'm not aware of. I think everyone on the listeners is aware of this quote, but let's put a different nuance on this quote, and this is from Martin Luther King, Jr. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but the content of their character. And I'm wondering if Martin Luther King was living today, if he said by the content of their character, so let's throw some words out here, gentleness, showing consideration and personal concern for others. Generosity, carefully managing my resources so I can freely give to those in need. Forgiveness, clearing the record of those who have wronged me and not holding a grudge. Flexibility, willingness to change plans and ideas according to the direction of my authorities. I'm wondering if Martin Luther King, in applying the definitions of what character is, What he would say of what's happening today in our society, are we really taking that quote and using it in a way today to develop our character and really recognize people for their character? We seem to be recognizing people for other things today instead of their character. And I have a problem with that. To me, I think Martin Luther King would be appalled today and certainly listen to his children, his offspring, talk about it today, one of the things in listening to them is they're always going back to this character definition and what Martin Luther King met with the word character. It was more along these lines that we're talking about here. And what would happen today if we grabbed a hold of his quote, and started to see that it's the character that we need to talk about. It's applying these words to our social conversations,
0: if we would be better off as a nation. Well, there's no question. I mean, this to me seems like an objective fact.
1: It's a tough subject to approach, but I don't think that we'd be calling people racist. I don't think we'd be marginalizing people with ad hominem attacks if we were to practice some of these principles of character i think we'd be more sensitive by perceiving the true attitudes and emotions of those around me and i think we'd be more tolerant which is again another character word realizing that everyone is at varying levels of character development and having the wisdom to do the right thing which is wisdom being defined by character first again seeing and responding to life's situations from a perspective that transcends my current circumstances. And I think we could do better today in our social discourse if we would practice these things. I'd love to see these 50 words appear at the New York Times and I'd like to have them evaluate the stories they talk about in their newspaper. I'd like to see these in media centers, the TV centers in in their studios have these words and have them qualify and quantify the words they use and the th- messages they're conveying and see if they measure up to being an in character conversation about the news of the day. And it seems to me we'd be a lot better off if our politicians and our media and the television shows and the newspapers all practice character over accomplishing their agenda. Or their narrative that they want to convince people of. And I think Martin Luther King and many others who have been talking about the content of their character as being the most important thing we can develop in ourselves and in developing in, in others. If the listener has been listening to these past few podcasts, we really have seven steps that I've applied to what I call the seven dichotomies of motivation versus the seven dichotomies of inspiration. So just in reviewing that and hearing what you might have to say about that, Brian, we seem to be driven today and be motivated today by our need for approval and being accepted in our peer groups and our family groups. And it's so important that we do that. And that becomes our primary reason that we do things. That's our primary source of motivation is the approval of others. And of course we know that we're getting that approval when we get praised. And if we don't get praised, we usually get something worse, which is criticism. But we're looking for the praise and that builds us up to creating a perspective of ourselves of how we want to be seen by others. And of course then that basically comes to where we're doing what everyone expects us to do and we become conformist. And conformist leads us to this need for achievement which leads to a sense of pride, which we talked about last week, versus having a source of inspiration in us that comes from total unconditional acceptance, acceptance of self, acceptance of others, where then we practice, instead of praising others, we affirm others for their qualities of their character instead of for their achievements. Basically, we're now going to affirm people for who they are being versus what they are doing which then leads to a higher level of self-respect and esteem from the inspired mind, which leads to a more authentic person who is a person of character and who is humble about their transition through these processes to become who they are instead of being prideful about all the accolades they get and all the trophies they get and all the approval they get from everyone else. So as you see this conversation of character today versus achievement, Brian, what would you say about this pattern of processing that every one of us really needs to maybe think about and put action to doing something about it?
0: Well, it's ultimately more in service of one's self and of others at the same time. What I mean by that is we talk about Conformity versus authenticity and character. All of that is good for you and it's good for others. And to get entangled in any other way could have dire negative consequences. Because it's an entanglement. It'll always be better to critically think and to determine one's own character. It'll always be better to turn your energy towards the betterment of yourself and your own critical thinking and your own independent thinking, and then to turn your attention to others, whether it's small interactions of making people's day, or it's a lifelong relationship that you have with a parent, a friend, a lover, or a child. These are opportunities for you to build your character and grow those relationships and help those people be healthy and in character as well. And that will always be a better life than pursuing success and getting entangled in the dogma. Whether it's the dogma of a church community or the dogma of a university community or the dogma of your workplace or the dogma of the media in our time. It will always be second to the timeless character qualities that we're talking about here. Those timeless character qualities are the pieces that you use to assemble a very, very different life, a life of contribution, a life of strong connections with others. And it's not something that you can pursue like success. You have to just do it or be it.
1: Be that person of
0: character. Yeah. Yeah. You can't pursue it. You either do it or you don't. And you're going to mess up. And when you mess up, you take personal responsibility, so on. But you can only pursue success. True success appears and ensues from character. It's not something you can seek. It only arrives on its own after you have adopted principles in your life and live those out. Perfectly said, Brian. You
1: know, you talked about learning these things, and it seems like one of the things that people have learned today, and I've heard this before, and I don't know, it really comes out of sports, I think, maybe more than anything, but I think it's applied to life across the board. And it's like that person who dribbles the ball out of bounds or the ref doesn't see it, and you don't see the basketball player who dribbles out of bounds say, Oh, I dribbled out of bounds. Here, referee, here's the ball. He waits for the whistle, and if the ref doesn't see it. The play keeps going on. I think of the story I've told before about the young girl who, as a soccer player at the school that I taught at. They were in a state championship game. It was a tied game, and it was getting late in the game, and she had an opportunity from the right side of the field to kick in a goal, and it, in fact, went into the net behind the goalie and the ref yelled, goal! and So they had won nothing with very little time left in the game. And it looked like they were certainly going to win. But the girl knew when she kicked the ball that it did not go on the left side of the post. It went to the right side of the post. And it went into the net, but it never went between the two posts. And she went up to the ref and told the ref, you know, that wasn't a goal. I saw it missed. It went through a tear on the side of the net. And the ref went up and said, you said it went right in here. Yeah, it went into that tear. And the ref said, okay. And they counted off the goal. Now, she had kids on the team and the coach and everyone else was saying, don't say anything. We had won nothing. We got this game won. Don't say anything. But this girl was not going to let the rest of her life go on thinking they won the state championship by kicking a goal that was not a goal. She said, okay, fine. We can win the game. We're not going to win it on that shot that I know was not a goal. She did the right thing no matter what. Now, as it turned out, they still won the game, but they could have lost the game. And she was willing to take that cost. That's character. But see, today, so much of what's going on is we live a life of the unjustifying the means. And we live a life where if you're not cheating, you're not trying. I hear that a lot. What is it going to take to break this? pattern that we have that we just change the rules if we don't think we're going to get the right outcome. Let's change the rules midstream, and then we'll change the outcome by changing the rules. So what is going on in the society today that says, win at all costs? It's not about character at all costs, it's win at all costs. So what do we do as a society to say, hey, we need to change this? What's the
0: missing piece? Well, the missing piece is character. I mean, if you don't have the principles of character to override those moments of illegitimacy, I mean, we're not just talking about someone who has the willingness to say, hey, I just want to be honest, and that was an illegitimate goal. I mean, we're beyond that. We're to the point where we have powerful people seizing on illegitimacy. And we have a lot of corruption. This is a timeless problem. I Think that... Any achievement that is obtained by character is a wonderful thing. Like display the trophies, you know, sign people's jerseys. Like Michael Jordan, all the wealth, his homes, all of his accolades, those are deserved. Those came out of a aggressively competitive personality and principles in his basketball career. And that's laudable. When the focus becomes the achievement, you're distracted. When you're cheating because the achievement is the most important thing, I mean, you're stepping into a realm of wickedness. (laughs) Only God can save you now. I don't know that I as a human being can do anything about this problem other than in my own life and then hope that that inspires others. But the Bible tells us and other philosophers tell us that The good will always have to contend with the wicked. And that's just the way things are. One of the things that we're seeing today is this
1: term, you hear this a lot about, gaslighting. Mm -hmm. Gaslighting, as I understand it, is where I am going to tell an untruth. I'm going to make something up because I have an end in mind that I want to accomplish. And the truth doesn't get me to that end. But what I make up and make sound like the truth gets me to that end. So I am going to make up a truth and make it sound like the truth and say it enough loud enough over and over again and call anybody else that disagrees with me a name that then shuts them up. And then my narrative, my lie that I created changes the outcome for a whole society. Changes an outcome for a whole business. Changes an outcome for a whole family. changes seems an outcome for a whole nation. So, the gaslighting is becoming so common today, and we hear the it term, and it's almost like t- today the media buys into gaslighting. They don't do the investigation to say, oh, the premise they just made in stating what they just said is not true. They don't investigate it. I don't know if they have the money for it, they don't have the investigative journalist, they don't want to pay for the investigation. I don't know if they're complicit in creating the narrative. They support the narrative and they want that narrative out there too, so they're not going to question it. But it's sad to me today that we don't go back and check out the truth that's behind the premise that's being projected and the narrative that's trying to be created to convince people to an achievement or a place to be, to accomplish something that is illegitimate. It's just amazing to me that we've found ourselves in that position there isn't more people standing up and screaming at the top of their lungs that this is wrong and it needs to be different it's amazing to me that we don't have that and the reason we don't have it in my opinion is we don't have the character if we had this girl from the soccer team if she was at the new york times if she was in a national media situation She'd either be fired or she's going to stand up and say, this is not true. And the fact that you're saying that, I'm going to find out if it's true before we keep pontificating this lie. So to me, that is a very sad thing. And we've seen the end in mind be more important than the character behind the behavior. So, Brian, you know, as our time comes to a close, I think we've shed some light on this. We've certainly given the listeners some things to think about. And we'd invite the listener to reach out at Ray at RayMcKinley.com. If you have any comments about this, and we can certainly talk about it more as we go into future podcasts. Brian, any final thoughts? Try it out. Pick a character word from what is the website? Characterfirst.com. That's one website. There's another one.
0: Charactertraining.com. Charactertraining.com. Look it up. Pick a word or two. And do it. Find someone to go on that character solidarity journey with you. Yeah. Because you can't make anybody else do it. You can only do it for yourself.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you, Brian, and thank you to everyone else for joining us for Ride the Elephant today. We'll see you next week. Have a great week.
0: Dr. Ray McKinley is a speaker, author, and coach. In his new book, Ride the Elephant, The Journey to True Success, Dr. McKinley addresses the crisis in personal leadership and what you can do about it. Thank you for joining us today. Your feedback is important to us, and we'd like to hear from you. Email your comments and questions to ray at raymackinley.com. Join us next week for another informative podcast with Dr. Ray McKinley. Have a great week.